So we're in the middle of our series, Behind Their Backs, and it's a series where we're looking at sort of stereotypes, things that we say about people. What does God say about these people? Today we're going to talk about the elderly. We're going to talk about old people. So if you're sitting next to somebody and you think that they are an old person, you just look at them and you say, hey, listen, you need to pay attention because today we're talking about you. Nobody's going to do that. All right, how about this? If you're sitting next to somebody who thinks a young person, you look at them and you say, you need to pay attention because this sermon is for you. All right. <clears throat> Some of you, good, good, good. All right, so, hey, listen, this series is really taking as its core this teaching that everybody says this is like Jesus's sort of trademark teaching, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus made it famous, but long before Jesus said it, uh, God had revealed this to Moses in the book of Leviticus of all places. So Leviticus 19, here's what it says. It says, you should love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, that's the call. And, and if we take this command seriously, we realize that God isn't commanding us to love the people we want to love, we like to love, they're easy to love. We do that naturally. God is commanding in this command, he's saying, love those people that are hard for you to love. Love everybody that's around you. That's the command. Young, old, in between, those are the people that God is calling us to love. Now, respecting the elderly, old, getting older, I mean, all these things, it's, it's something we don't do well, I think, in America. It is something that we struggle with in America. Uh, how about this? Frances McDormand, she's an actress. Uh, in uh, 2014, she was sitting down with the New York Times, and here's what she said. She said, America has a perverse fixation on youth, and, and here's, here's what she said. She said, there's no desire to be an adult. Adulthood is not a goal. It's not seen as a gift. Something happened culturally. No one is supposed to age past 45 in terms of dress, cosmetics, or attitudes. Everybody dresses like a teenager. Everybody dyes their hair. Everybody is concerned about a smooth face. Now, I think she's right, but I think she's a little generous to say 45. I would have put it probably a little bit younger. Uh, we live in a time where things like age discrimination is a real problem. We live in a time where we don't seem to value folks that are older. And yet, time and time again, you read through Scripture, whether it's in the Old Testament or the New Testament, there is this theme that comes out pretty clearly in Scripture. And it says, you should value, you should appreciate, you should listen to, you should respect those that are older than you. And we might think about, why is that? Well, I think the answer is this. It's, it's everybody appreciates a classic, right? Everybody appreciates a classic. So if you're here this morning and you're old or you're a senior, you're not old. You're a classic, right? Just, just embrace that. Say, you know what? I'm not old. I'm a, I'm a classic. And you can't make a classic overnight. Just ask Chrysler. They tried to with the PT Cruiser. You remember that? You remember I was watching a, a, like a, from the 90s, like a motor like week, like promo, like, Chrysler somehow harnessed the sleek styles of the 40s and 50s with that over-the-fender 20s and 30s look to make a new American classic car. They don't make it anymore. Okay? It's sort of like antiques made while you wait. You know, this, was, this is a thing. 
Uh, I remember Jenny's grandfather was all into the BT Cruiser. He had, I think, two or three of them. He got some leather straps. He put like a faux carriage wheel on the back. Cause, I mean, he, he joined a PT Cruiser club. I mean, I didn't even know this was a thing. I mean, but they would cruise in their cruisers. And this is, this is what they did. And it was all the rage because this is going to be the new American classic. Sorry, sorry. I mean, you know, it's a, it was a fun car. It's quirky. It, it's good. It gets you a place where you need to go. But you can't make a classic. It just sort of becomes. It, it's something that, that isn't built, but, but it takes time. Now, you think about a classic, right? Because not every classic starts as a classic. You just think about the process of this for a second. So, you know, everything starts new, right? You don't have an option, you know. Uh, I've, I've met a few people I think were born old, but I'm pretty sure they came as, as children. And so, you know, you, you, get, you start new, and then you get older, and then you get to that place where you're old, right? Now, so you, you, your car is new, then it gets older, and now it's old. And then it turns into sort of like what we might call like a really old or beater or junker. You know, this is kind of where it moves to. But if you hang on to it long enough through the beater and junker phase, you eventually eventually, give it some time, end up in the classic place, okay? But it takes all of this time to become a classic. And yet, I, we've got to own this too, that not everything old is a classic. Just because it's old doesn't make it a classic. Uh, I've got a, a couple collectible classic things that really never quite took off. How about this one? Uh, maybe some of you have collected these sort of alien baby, um, precious moments things, precious alien moment uh, things. It's got some big, big eyes. Um, you know, I'm sorry, this is hurting somebody's feelings. Just put your arm around somebody that looks dejected right now. Um, so, you know, okay, I went to school just an hour away from the Precious Moments Chapel. Did you know this place existed? You can go. They wanted it to be the American Sistine Chapel. This is totally free, has nothing to do with sermon. So uh, you go in there. And they have painted like the ceiling, like the Sistine Chapel, but with precious moments. Yeah. Some of you are like, really? And others you are like, that's super creepy. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit of both. Anyway, so, all right. So now we're back. So people collect these things and they got old and they're like, oh man, this is going to be worth something. Here's how much they're worth. You can buy them on Amazon right now. Old ones, collectibles for $3. Jim Cramer at thestreet.com, he's a big investment guy, he said of all of the collectibles he had looked at that this one had the worst return for your money. So you paid 50 for it, you know, back in 1970, and today it's worth $3. So just hold on to it a little bit more. You know, eventually, maybe it's going to come back. How about this? Maybe you remember these, the Beanie Babies. Maybe you get caught up with Beanie Babies. Anyway, own it. Just own it. All right, we have a couple. All right. Nobody, you're all lying over here. Some of you are lying. Not all of you. Some of you are. Some of you are like, what are those? Um, I get it. So we thought, man, these are going to be money, right? You know, the tie, you got to keep the tag all together. You got to keep it all, you know, organized. And if you do, it's going to be worth some money. Here's what Beanie Babies are going for right now. They are going for a dollar on Amazon. Okay, the old ones, the collectibles. Now, some of you are going, well, you know what? But that princess die collectible Beanie Baby. It was listed on eBay for $500,000. Yes, and later I'm going to list this glass of water on eBay for $500,000. I have drank from it. It ups the value maybe to somebody. I don't know. Uh, it did not sell for $500,000, friends. In that month, there was a Princess Di Beanie Baby sold for $1,000 and one sold for a dollar. 
So one of those buyers was really happy. The other one was not as happy. How about this, pogs? I barely remember these. Anybody into pogs? Anybody do the pog thing? These are some of the earlier servers remember these. These are cardboard circles, okay? They're made of cardboard. Let's just get that in our minds real quick. But these were going to be collector's editions. Today, you can buy a sack of them on Amazon for like a dollar. That's how this is. Not everything old is a classic. It's true of collectibles. It's true of people. The aging process makes some people more classic, and the aging process makes some people more uh, cantankerous. But here's the good news. You get to decide. Like, it's not something that's put on you. Unlike a, a, a collectible thing, it doesn't have much choice. But as people, we get to decide. Are, are we being shaped into a classic or not? It, it was God's plan that the longer we live, the more we would learn, the more wisdom we would attain and share. It was God's plan that we would all become classics. How about this, Job 12, 12 through 13? Uh, here's just kind of a, a statement. Is not wisdom found among the aged? Just implication. Yes. Does not long life bring understanding? Absolutely. The longer the li you live, the more you understand. To God belongs wisdom and power, counsel and understanding are his. Now, God is the source of wisdom and understanding, but the, the text here is saying, you know, listen, the longer you live, the more of that you get. That's what should be happening. As we get older, we should become wiser. We should become more, uh, you know, more informed about life. We should be turned into classics. Uh, Proverbs 16.31 says this, Gray hair is a crown of splendor. So if you've got gray hair, you're wearing a crown of splendor. How do you get this crown? It is attained in the way of righteousness. Now, I want to hover on this for, for just a second because it's, it's kind of saying something that's maybe not quite as true of our society today. Back in the time when Solomon writes this, if you didn't live right, you didn't live long. Okay? Today, our technology allows uh, you know, for modern medicine to uh, keep us alive maybe sometimes past the time we would naturally. And, you know, we're all for that, you know, we're, we're, we're for that. But this technology can also wipe away some of the bad choices we've made, and it prolongs our life. But in the time of Solomon, you didn't get gray hair if you didn't live right. If you lived in a destructive means during the times of Solomon, you met a destructive end fairly soon in life. Whereas today, you know, you could live for a long time in a very destructive pattern. Uh, but the idea was this, that, that if you're living right and you're living long, then you start to attain some sort of understanding that can be passed on to us. But the problem is that a lot of people get stuck. And so while, in theory, because we're living longer than anybody has ever lived in the history of the world, I mean, just because we're living longer, we should be smarter and wiser than any generation that's come before us. And yet often people get stuck. Solomon uh, shares this advice with the person he calls his son, and I think it's directed to us as well today. He says, my son, don't forget my teaching. Keep my commands in your heart. Why should we listen to God's advice? Why should we listen to the advice of, of people that are older? Because it will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. In other words, it's godly wisdom, it's godly counsel, it's godly living that keeps us from getting stuck in our life. We can live right, we can grow wise, we can become a classic, or we can throw away God's guidance. 
We can live like a fool and we can just get stuck in this junker, beater, old phase and never come over to this place where we would say this person has become a classic. It takes age to do that. You know, it's often that age doesn't bring something new to us. It accents what's already there. You know, it's often common that an intense, angry young man becomes a cantankerous, bitter old man. Well, a grace-filled, peaceful young man becomes a gracious, thankful old man. It works the other way, too. Age can soften people. It often does. It can also work the other way. It can harden people. It does, but what makes the difference is our choice. What are we choosing to become? Who are we becoming? Are we becoming a classic, or are we going to get stuck in another phase in life? You know, it's a sad testament when something happens to us biologically or physiologically that changes our attitudes in a way that maybe isn't our choice. Uh, you know, a lot of people, maybe you've met them, maybe you've known them, they go through horrible diseases, maybe like an Alzheimer's, maybe just a, a stroke or something that just changes their impairment or their thinking, it impairs their ability to, to be who they were. Uh, I remember sort of an opposite story of that. In California, there was this lady who'd been married to this man for over 40 years. And I, you know, he had passed before I got there. And I said, you know, hey, tell me about her husband. You know, what was he like? And people would say, man, he was a real jerk. He was, wow, he was just rotten and mean and nobody liked him. And, but then he had a stroke. And two years before he died, he had a stroke. And he turned into the nicest, kindest man that you could ever meet in your life. And I thought, wow, that's sad. That's something, isn't it? And so a little bit later, I, I was meeting with, with the lady who'd been married to this guy and just didn't know her real well. And I said, you know, hey, tell me about your husband. And she said, he was a real jerk. <laughs> I said, really? She said, oh, yeah, for 40 years, he was a jerk. But then he had a stroke. And the best two years of our marriage were the last two years. And I thought, man, I don't want that to be me. I don't want that to be true in my life. I would rather say, you know what, I'm going to embrace this process of becoming older, embrace this aging process, and allow God to turn us into a classic. Well, I think we would all want that. Nobody, I've never met anybody that says, you know, I want to be a jerk. I've never met anybody that says, I want people to hate me. I hope nobody likes me or says anything positive about me. And yet I've lived long enough and I've met enough people that I know there's a reason sometimes folks end up alone in their older years and it's because they've pushed everybody away. And it's so sad. But friends, the good news is it is our choice. And we could say, you know what, God, I want to divert from this path. I want you to turn me into a classic. And here's the thing with that. A classic, there's no express way to do it. It's created over time. God shapes us into being classics over time. Uh, there's an interesting case study, I think, of this in the Old Testament. A guy by the name of Jacob, maybe you've heard of him. Uh, God gives him a new name, Israel, and then he has 12 sons. Now, Jacob, when he was growing up, he was spoiled, and he was tricky, and he was selfish, and he gives you know, birth to uh, 12 sons that are also tricky and selfish and spoiled, and they all end up being called the nation of Israel, and they just, the Scripture refers to them as Israel. And Israel goes down to Egypt and ends up being enslaved for 400 years, according to the text. And so Israel grows up, we might say, in slavery. 
But then something happens and God sends Moses and delivers his people, but they're not quite ready to enter the promised land. They're not quite ready to accept all the things that God has for them. And so they wander in the wilderness for 40 years where they grow up to become a nation that is able and capable of taking on the blessings God wants to give. And I think that's sort of, in many ways, a prototype of our lives, where we, we grow up and we start sort of in this selfish phase. And often we will enter another time period in our life where we may even become enslaved to our desires. And a lot of people get stuck there, and they never leave that place. But if we could say, you know what, God, I want to surrender to this. I know it means some wandering. I know it means some difficult times. God moves us out of that place where we're enslaved to our desires. He moves us from childishness into maturity. And it's there through this process of time and transformation that God makes us a classic. But it's not easy. Growing old is hard. I asked uh, online if we're Facebook friends or Twitter friends or Instagram friends. Um, I put out a little survey this week where I asked a few questions about getting older. I said, uh, you know, what's the worst part about getting older? Some of these are funny. Um, some of them, well, a few of the best parts. There's three people who, uh, is the best part of getting older was that they felt like they were going to be, they were closer to heaven, and they were uh, looking forward to that. And I thought, you know, it's true. The older you get, the more you can sincerely pray, come, Lord Jesus. Um, not caring what other people think. Um, one person said they didn't know what the good part was about getting old. Um, I appreciate the honesty. This is totally anonymous, too. This was a lot of fun. We'll probably do this again this week. Um, but what's the worst part about getting older? Well, your body starts to break down and gets longer to heal. I know most everything, but I can't remember it. Uh, not seeing your children very often. Aches and pains, health problems increase, slower, less energy, the body deteriorates. Just one word, gravity. <laughs> My body is falling apart. Very, very interesting. It's hard. You know, I don't think young people are capable of being old people. I think it takes a lifetime to prepare for that challenge. Solomon talks about it in Ecclesiastes. I love the way Eugene Peterson translates this passage. Uh, let me read it to you. Honor and joy your Creator while you're still young, before the years take their toll and your vigor wanes, before your vision dims and the world blurs and the winter years keep you close to the fire. In old age, your body no longer serves you so well. Muscles slacken, grips weaken, joints stiffen. Pickle jars are harder to get open. I'm, I added that part. Uh, the shades are pulled down on the world. You can't come and go at will. Things grind to a halt. The hum of the household fades away. You're wakened now by birdsong. Hikes to the mountains are a thing of the past. Even a stroll down the road has its terrors. And yet, despite the fact that I think this is in many ways the reality for a lot of seniors, maybe you, I, I'm always impressed by the good attitude that so many have. It's a testimony that God carries us through every stage of life. Isaiah 46, 4 tells us this. It says, even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. God says, I will carry you through this process. And if you stay connected with me and you lean on me, I will eventually transform you into a classic. And everybody appreciates a classic. 
Now you think about a classic, and you've got to ask yourself, at least I do, what is it that makes a classic a classic? Why is it that people collect Corvettes and not Gremlins? You know, why is it that people hoard gold and not pogs? What is it? What determines a classic? And it's pretty simple if you think about it. A classic is determined by the value that it brings to other people. A classic is determined by the value it brings to others. This is why people hoard gold and not pogs. This is why people collect Corvettes and not Gremlins. Because it brings them value. It's true about collectibles. It's true about people. I think of a guy like Charles Stanley. He's 85 years old, and he preaches almost every week at First Baptist Atlanta. And his church is full of people. Why is his church full of people? The guy's 85, right? He's, he's past his prime. He's been past his prime for a little while. Why do people keep coming? Because he's a classic. Because when they come, they receive value from him. He gives value to them when they come. And I think to myself about the many seniors I know who are true classics. They continue to shine with God's love. They continue to shine with God's light because their life is a testimony of God's goodness. And everybody appreciates that. You know, it's interesting to me. Often I'll visit, you know, seniors, folks in the hospital, those types of things. And it's, it's interesting. You know, I know a lot of folks, as they get older, they struggle with, you know, what, what good am I doing and I always ask him this question. I said, will you pray for me? And I, I, the response I get most often is this. I already am. I already pray for you. I, I spend my time and I pray for you. And I think to myself, man, they get it. They get that right now what they can do, the best thing they can be doing is praying and saying, God, would you bless these people that are around me? They're pouring into my life. They're pouring into their family's lives, and they may not even be aware of it, of the blessing that they are. You know, I applaud, I applaud seniors like this, folks that, that say, you know what, I want to keep giving and, and contributing and, and being valuable as long as I can. Leviticus 19.32, this is, this is why it says this. It says, you should rise before the aged. You should defer to the old, and you should fear your God. I am the Lord. God says, I, give these folks a standing ovation. They have been there. They're pouring into you. Give them some respect. Now, I get that not every senior is a classic, but they've all lived long enough to become a classic, and they can serve as leaders and lessons to us. And since we don't know who's who, Scripture just says, why don't you just appreciate all of these folks? respecting the elderly. It respects a classic. It shows admiration for God's restoring and sustaining power. I think this is why time and time again in Scripture, children are said, you should respect your parents. We're often drawn to the new and to the young, but God says, you know, there's so much value that's there within the old. Respect that. Appreciate the classic that's there. If you're here this morning and you're not in that age zone, you don't think of yourself as a senior, I want you to think of a senior, maybe one that when you, you, know, you think about them, you say, you know what, I hope I'm as cool as they are when I'm their age. And then allow that to become a prayer. Say, God, would you help to shape me to become a little bit more like this person? Start on it now. You're never too young. This is kind of an interesting article. John Mellencamp, 65 years old, um, he was interviewed by AARP. 
how do you know when you're old, when you're interviewed by AARP? Um, Here's what he says. He said, I intend to make my ending good. He's 65. He's now starting to think about this. He says, I hope, this is what he says, I hope it's one of those long, lingering, deathbed conversions. A lot of people say, oh, I hope I just die quick. Not me. I need time to put it right. Friends, we don't get to pick how we check out of this life. We don't get to pick when we leave. And it's kind of a dangerous thing to say, I'm going to wait to the very last second to make it right. Why don't we start leaving a legacy of love now? Why don't we say, God, why don't you make me a classic right now? Now, some of you might be here, and you might be in that age zone, and you're going, I I don't know, am I a classic or am I not? I I think there's a few questions we can ask ourselves. I mean, are we bringing value to other people? You know, even if you just talk to them, are are you encouraging and building people up, or are you complaining and demanding things? Are, Are you hoarding your life experience? Are you saying, I've already done enough? Or are you saying, you know what, I want to share what I've got with the people around me. I want to share my experience. I want to share my gifts and my talents. I want to share those things with the people around me. If that's your answer, friends, then you are definitely a classic. So I guess there's two challenges at the end of a sermon like this. If you're a senior, I would ask myself, am I a classic? And if the answer is no, guess what? It is in your power to become one. You have the ability to say, you know what, God, I want to start bringing value to the people around me. And I believe if you pray that prayer, God would show you some people you could pour into. If you're here this morning and you're not a senior, I've got a a special challenge for you. I want you to think about who's a senior, who you admire. Maybe that person you're saying, man, I hope I'm that cool when uh, when I'm that age. And I want you to send them a card, an email, a phone call. Let them know you appreciate them. Maybe don't say, you know, the preacher told me to to thank a senior this week. Maybe don't go there. Just Maybe just send them a card, just sort of nonchalant. Just, hey, just thinking about you for some reason this week. Now, if I go to church here, you know, the game is, you know, it's risky. But I would say, why don't we say, you know what, I appreciate you. Let's let's call out the value in each other. Because that's what God's calling us to do, is to pour into each other, to be people that, that encourage and support each other. All right, let me pray. Gracious Lord, I thank you so much that you have given us really practical teachings like showing appreciation for the elderly. God, well, why, why is that? It's because it takes time to become a classic. And if we listen to the elderly, if we listen to the folks that have more life experience, we can gain from their wisdom. We can gain from their lessons. And God, we don't have to experience all of these things and learn all these lessons the hard way. God, I'm so thankful for the many faithful seniors that, that are part of this church family. I, I just I can think of them by name right now, and I can think of all the contributions they make to this church and the way that they've encouraged me and my family. God, and I'm thankful for great examples of great classics within our congregation. And God, it's my prayer that you would shape me to be like these people, that you'd shape us to be like these people, Lord, that this church would be a church of people that are classics or on their way to become one soon. God, we pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.